episode two of the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. And uh, this week, Nick is out on assignment filming the some some reshoot, reshoots on the latest William Atherton flick. The new William Atherton joint. Yeah, so uh, this week we, we brought in our resident Van Damme expert, uh, Tim. Yes. Yes, you, yes, you have. <laughs> you have brought in. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Tim Long, yeah. You, uh... Given given the, today's subject matter, yeah, that I being s- a very Van Damme heavy film, mm-hmm. I spent like 15 minutes since we've discussed this trying to like come up with a nickname for myself, but <laughs> ah. all I could come up with like was Van Damsel. Ah. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, so, Tim the Van Damsel. Van Damsel. <laughs> all right, so, I'm not in distress. <laughs> it's good to have you. Um, uh, as for a little outline of what we're going to be doing today, we're going to do a little bit of off-topic talk, just see what's been going on with everybody. Uh, we got a little bit of film news to talk about today. Uh, our full review this week is going to be on The Expendables 2, which is why the Van Damme expert yes. is here. The Van Damsel, excuse me. <laughs> we had to call him in on short, you know, very, very short notice, yeah. so we're yeah. glad yeah. to make it. Yeah, and I just want to warn everybody up front that like anybody who is like, used to Nick's knowledge of like film, <laughs> like there's going to be none of that on this side of the table. It's all just going to be misremembered facts and half-truths coming from this mouth. So We'll be correcting Tim a lot. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it'll work out just fine. Um, and then uh, finally, we'll, we'll hit a little bit of food for thought later on, something new we're going to try. So uh, what's been going on, Willie? What you been up to? Um... Not a whole lot new since the last time we recorded this uh, this little show here. Um, I just bought the Cabin in the Woods visual companion today. Very nice. Very I haven't nice. read it yet because it's long, but it's awesome. <laughs> they got the script in there, and they got they have um, concept art from all the creatures and stuff that are in the movie. And good, very good. cool, very very cool. Your your favorite creatures so far? My favorite creature? Yes. Fornicus. Fornicus. Yeah. <laughs> I think I believe it's. <laughs> I believe it's Fornicus. For those who have seen the movie, there's a guy with buzz saws in his head, and that was Fornicus, uh, Lord of Bondage, I believe. So he's pretty hilarious. But no, it's a cool book. It's I, I'm really into the art books lately. Yeah. I don't know. I, I never I never got them before, and now I'm like, those are so sweet. Like well, now there's movies that are make worthy sense. of art books. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody wants the Terms of Endearment art book. <laughs> um, but no, no, it's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm looking forward to reading that. So. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. What about you, Tim? What's been going on? Nothing. Like, at all. <laughs> I got, um, let's see. We got college football ke- season coming up, so I'm pretty excited about that, which means Willie will be getting texts a lot closer to about 9 or 10 a.m. Yes. Than, yes. than his usual 4 a.m. start time. But, um, other than that, I just, I guess I should put it out there. I'm just finishing up season seven of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So, Very nice. Very nice. I mean, this is your Expendables Van Damme <laughs> expert, the Gilmore, also Gilmore Girls Also expert. a Gilmore Girls Yeah, expert. so if you got any questions on that. We'll be keep happy. that in mind. We'd be happy to answer those. What if Van Damme had a guest spot on Gilmore Girls? How would you feel? I don't know exactly what he would play. Probably like a town... Because he'd have to play something quirky. Like the town, town sheriff? Town sheriff. Either town sausage maker. Maybe. <laughs> I was what? thinking of like that. I can kind of see him as like the the bartender at a gay bar. Ooh. Oh, he's wearing like a real, real cool shiny shirt. Yeah, yeah well, it's like it's like a like a mesh vest of some. That sort. would be awesome. You know, honestly, any of his early '90s movies outfits would yeah. probably yeah, work well. Absolutely, yeah, true. he would be a true hard target. Very so. true, <laughs> true hard. It might go into sudden death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. How about um, you, Alex? Yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing that I can really think about talking about right now would be. Uh, HBO's The Newsroom just finished up its first season, 
which um, Jeff Daniels, hometown stars, hero, stars Jeff Daniels of uh, the Midwest. So uh, one of our <laughs> one of our idols. Not really. I don't think any of us really care that much. But uh, <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah, I like Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Jeff Daniels. Don't is speak awesome. for me on Jeff Daniels. <laughs> okay, okay, excuse me. Um, but no, starring Jeff Daniels and Emily Mortimer and um, Dev Patel of Slumdog Millionaire fame. Written by Aaron Sorkin of West Wing and Social Network fame. I'm, Both awesome. Yeah, and the the weird thing is, I don't... Have you finished the first season? I've, totally? I've totally okay. finished the first season. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the, I, I feel like the show is a guilty pleasure, but it shouldn't be. It's totally a guilty pleasure. You think for so? For me, it, it's... Everything that's wrong with Aaron Sorkin's writing, like, balled up yeah. into one show. <laughs> but it's Aaron Sorkin's, like, like it's his show. It's obviously his show. Well, I, the, like, the thing that that is awesome about Aaron Sorkin is that he manages to get interesting characters and interesting drama out of situations that people wouldn't necessarily think have it in there. Yeah. Like... He makes good TV out of things that shouldn't be good TV. I, you know, you're not watching The West Wing because you care about like the present, like life in the Oval Office, which I mean that might have been a draw yeah. for some people. Policy change isn't exactly exciting. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm not watching the newsroom because it focuses on the news, although it offers a weird kind of like retrospective lens on the past two years of news, which is... Yeah. It's good That's and, a big problem it's, for me. It's good and bad yeah. at the same time. There's there's a lot of situations where it's like, it just so happens that I know this person <laughs> from college, and that's happened more than once, and that's a problem. It also indulges that Sorkin smugness that's kind of... Absolutely. ...in his, all his writing, where he's like, no, this is how we should have done it, guys. Yeah. Two years ago, yep. like, in his rearview mirror. Yeah. So, it's... it's At times. Yeah. I, and, I mean, it... <laughs> Another problem with Aaron Sorkin is his like complete disgust with technology. And <laughs> he funnels that all through both Jeff, Jeff Daniels and uh, Sam Waterston's character. Oh yeah. Sam Waterston's like, you should be tweeting about this, <laughs> and uh, how, you know say all this, and then the girl's like, that's I can't do that in 140 characters, and then he's like, oh well, whatever. It's like okay, yeah. thanks for that tidbit, Aaron Sorkin. But on the other hand. I really like the characters, uh, and some of the drama between them is is pretty good, and and it's pre- some of it's pretty uh, uh, caricature like. Yeah, yeah. Particularly between um, Allison Pill and. Oh, uh, that is a rough. That yeah. is a rough go. That storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- there's like it's got a ton of good performances like Daniel Daniels is amazing Watterson's amazing yeah yeah even even the women who are severely and for the most point poorly written on that show yeah do awesome work but yeah. it's it's not my favorite show but I can't stop watching it I so. know that's that's exactly <laughs> so how I feel here's here's the most important question would either one of you guys actually come back for season two I think I'll probably be there. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll totally watch it. Okay, well, then As there you go. As somebody who doesn't pay for HBO, I see no problem with going back for season two. <laughs> How are you uh, watching it, then? Uh, it fell off the back of an internet truck. Anyway. <laughs> I, have, um, yeah, I have nothing to do with this part of the conversation. <laughs> the FBI breaks down our door. Right. All right. Well, other than that, I know True Blood just finished up. I still have two more episodes of that to watch, and I'm about 
30 episodes past caring about that show. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Breaking Bad. Lots of TV got, for you. Got one more episode of Breaking Bad before we take a whole year break for the rest of the show. What do they got? One more season left? They have eight episodes left. Eight episodes left. That's, okay, I was, so it's so like a half season. They're doing yeah. the AMC break the it in half. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. But yeah. like an even bigger break than usual than The Walking Dead Like a Dead full got. season break more yeah. so than, yeah. But we can get into that later. Breaking Bad, awesome show. Should be watching it. I'm looking at you, Willie. But, uh, I know, I know. Anyway, well, we can move into some film news. Um, so this past week, or I think it's actually... Yeah, it's a little over a week from now. We lost a pretty big titan in the Hollywood industry. Uh, Tony Scott has passed away. And I think it would be good to talk about uh, some of our experiences with his films and, and, you know, see just what kind of mark he left on the world. So what what do you think, Willie? Um, I I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'm more of a Ridley fan. He kind of hits the... Hits me at home, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Tony not as much, but the thing is, Tony Scott, I mean, most directors wish they had a list of movies as successful and and a lot of which are are considered legendary now, you know, yeah. that, that he had. And I think <clears throat> with him, the thing is, he was, he was uh, like his brother, a very visual filmmaker. I mean, he was very, he, he loved doing things on camera that shouldn't be able to be done on camera. And, and I think there's that's a testament to his career that he he pulled things off that really shouldn't have worked but they totally did and uh, I do have one specific Tony Scott uh, story um, well let, let me just break in real quick and say Tony Scott director of Top Gun Beverly Hills Cop 2 Days of Thunder The Last Boy Scout True Romance Crimson Tide many 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 more the movies. list goes on yeah. and he was making movies all the way up until Unstoppable which was two years ago yeah um, obviously, he frequently collaborated with Denzel. Yes. I think they did like five or six movies together. But anyway, Quite, yeah. my, my Tony Scott story is this. For a while, I worked at a 7-Eleven, and um, I was making coffee in the morning. And the manager came in, and he's talking about his, how he just saw Top Gun and how it's his favorite movie. And I'm like, really, Top Gun? I mean, I like Top Gun, but I was like, really, your favorite movie that you've ever <laughs> seen is Top Gun? Because I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that about Top Gun. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's the best movie ever made, yada, yada. So I thought it'd be fun to antagonize him and start asking customers, like, what's your favorite movie? You know, yeah. like, because he's like, oh, everybody loves Top Gun. So I'm asking him, I swear to you, like, eight out of ten people I asked, the first ten people I asked said Top Gun. Yeah. And I didn't inform their decision at all. This was like, they were totally just like, yeah, Top Gun. Can I, can, this was... 7-Eleven, like, here. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, and, and at first I thought maybe he, like, paid these people off or something. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sent out a text to his right, address right. book. But, but there was no way, and I, I was just like, that, I guess that right there is the biggest uh, testament to Tony Scott, yeah. because, I mean, sh- the, eight out of ten pe- the 8 out of the 10 first people I asked, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's an old movie, I mean. Yeah. yeah so, now he's a legend, and he will be missed, I'm sure, by everybody in the film industry, and R.I.P. big guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? What about you, Tim? I like Tony Scott. Um, that run you just lifts, listed off there, up until, honestly, up until about Domino, <laughs> which is where me and Tony start to have a little bit of a, <laughs> a break. But yeah, I like Tony Scott. Okay. They said, 
Someone said on the internet he was making Michael Bay movies before Michael Bay made Michael Bay movies. Totally true. And like that's totally what he did. Yeah. He was just making them better. Yeah. I mean, honestly, those all those films in the eighties, I mean, like someone else said, Tony Scott was the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like Top Gun, you think Top Gun, you think of the eighties. So I like Tony Scott. Rest in peace. Yeah. I, I mean I don't have a lot of experience with this filmography, honestly. The only movies that I know that I've seen all the way through are Top Gun and Enemy of the State. But Enemy of the State is one of those movies where whenever you see it on, on cable, you just put it on and you then don't you, turn find, it off. you find yourself watching yeah, the rest of the absolutely. movie. And, uh, like Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and you know, and he also had a pretty big role in Numbers, the, the, the TV show, which is a show that I like a lot, just being somebody who's into science and, and math. And I, uh, you know, I think it's certainly a loss that's going to be felt through the industry. Absolutely. So rest in peace, Tony Scott. Um, next up, we've got a uh, possible director for Guardians of the Galaxy. Supposedly head-to-head between James Gunn, director of Slither and Super, and Peyton Reed, director of... What, what is Peyton Down Reed Down with Love. Down with Love. And Yes, man. Yes, man. There's something else. There's something, like, good that I'm forgetting. The Peyton oh, Reed did. I'll pull it up. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Let's Tim. Tim, what do you think about these choices for for a Guardians movie? I could live with either. I really would like James Gunn. Okay. I like James Gunn. I'm a fan. Like I think his humor. I think his. I think his style fits best with Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not honestly. I don't know a lot about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But from what I do know, I think it would be a good fit for him. Peyton Reed. Once you find that movie I can't remember, like, I'm going to remember, I'm going... Bring it on. I I do like Bring It On. <laughs> God, this is your Expendables expert again, the Bring It On fan. Gossip Girl, no, yeah. Gossip Girl, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Mm, bring It On. But, no, um, because Peyton Reed was the one that had that idea going about setting the Fantastic Four back in, like, the 60s, the 60s and doing, like, yep. the 60s thing. Yep. I would have loved to have seen that. Mm-hmm. So, Probably would have turned out much better than what we got. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. But that's well. not saying a ton, anyway. So, yeah. My vote's for James Gunn. All right, Willie, as as the person here who knows the most about the Guardians of the Galaxy, what do you what do you think? Um, I mean, out of the two of them, James Gunn for sure. I, I it took me a minute to sit there and think about the James Gunn thing because the two movies he's made thus far don't exactly scream "I'm perfect for Guardians of the Galaxy" when you first look at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you think more and more about the the decisions they've made on directors so far, thematically they've all made movies similar to the superhero yep. like. Ken Branagh did Shakespearean stuff. Um, John Favreau did Made, which was very like ritzy and like yep. yeah. you know Playboy type movie, mm-hmm. like Tony Stark, and you know so on and so forth. So when I think about the quirkiness and the weirdness, but he can do action, kinda, I, it's it works. I, I'm cool with James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I haven't seen very many Peyton Reed movies. I know people like Yes Man a lot, and uh, it was a fun movie. It was, but. James Gunn, I think James Gunn's known Joss Whedon for quite a while. I wouldn't be surprised if Joss was the one that was like, "You should take a look at what James Gunn's got going on." Yeah, yeah. I think their relationship together would be very good for the film. Yep. I think James Gunn's uh, his sense for humor is certainly something that would come through very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think humor is one of those things that will be the key to getting the audience to accept the fact that there's a tree and a r- raccoon right fighting right, definitely yeah epic space if battles. anybody can do it it's him it's and he wrote he wrote 
Zack Snyder's best movie. So I don't think you get us enough credit you for know, that. Because not. if you read the script, a lot of that stuff that works in the Dawn of the Dead movie is on it's, the page it's there. His, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've always believed that Zack Snyder is at his best with a solid writer behind him. Yeah. Yeah, everybody is, but I think he does better with a good writer and not doing his yeah. own writing. Yep. So... Yeah, and that that was an impossible feat, mind you, for me because I'm such a huge John yes. the Dead fan yeah. that I was already going into that thing with negative expectations. The fact so like, that he did it well, the was... fact that they pulled it off, gives me respect for both of them. But James Gunn, so I'm sorry. All right, so you have our endorsement, Marvel. Get on that. <laughs> Get on it. Um, next up, we got a few a few other things. Uh, so there's a movie out there called Lego: The Piece of Resistance that I don't know how many people are taking it seriously as of yet. But they just cast Morgan Freeman and Elizabeth Banks mm-hmm. to be in the film. Yeah. I'll tell you a little bit more about the movie. Directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is a pretty good animated movie, and 21 Jump Street, which is probably the best comedy movie to come out of this, this year. So far, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe even the last two years, because I don't care about the Hangover movies, but that's just me. Um, and... Apparently, Will Arnett as Lego Batman and Channing Tatum as Lego Superman. Like, this movie just sounds like it's made out of everything <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. If they find a way to include some of the other character licenses that Lego has, like pirates and I think, some of the Marvel stuff. I think I heard they want to do... It's There's going to be a, a little bit of maybe Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. That Then it has the potential to be almost like a Wreck-It Ralph type thing where you're seeing like all these cool iconic yes. characters. Yes. So And it's stop motion. I'm um, not entirely sure. I don't know. No, I think it's stop, it? I think it's the guys that did ro- that do Robot Chicken are working on doing the stop motion for. That's what I'd heard. That's even more. Which awesome. makes it even cooler. I'm glad it's just not straight <laughs> if we get CG. A feature Lego film. That's stop motion animation. Oh that's man, awesome. It's it's also really funny. Just, I mean, I'm sure as a Marvel fan, that right. the first time DC is going to get Superman and Batman In on screen movie. together. I know <laughs> it's going to be a Lego movie. It took Lego to make it yeah, happen. But but I mean, Lego is the it Disney good, of toys, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. they're like, the world of imagination. Lego, yeah, anything you know? can happen anything. with Lego. Yeah, right? But, I, you know... <laughs> we like Lego here at the uh, MFN Podcast. Well, who doesn't like Lego? If yeah. you don't like Lego, then stop letting... That, no, don't do that, never mind. Um, <laughs> but Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is one of those movies, I mean, you know... It's really good. I yeah. <laughs> Willie and I met working at Family Video and True Story. Which is a video rental store for those of you that don't have family videos near you, but our assistant manager would have this movie on nonstop when it came out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk in the store and not hear it playing. And when I finally like I was like, "Why do you like this movie so much?" And then I finally sat down and watched it and I was like, "There's a lot here for kids, but there's some there's some here for adults too, sure. and if that's how they're gonna make this Lego movie, and it doesn't feel like pandering either to no. like adults. That's yeah. what's nice about it. Yeah, too, that's cool. Because that annoys me. But. It's it's not like I mean it's not like uh, like maybe a Shrek. Right, right. Shrek, where it's Shrek. like, hey, wink, wink. This yeah. joke's for you, mom and dad. <laughs> Cloudy, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is genuinely funny to people who would probably otherwise not care about the sure, movie. Sure, sure. So, I think that's what a Lego movie would need, and I'm excited. Me too. Um, so, a few weeks ago, Ben Affleck was, Ben Affleck was rumored to be, uh, DC's choice to direct a Justice League movie, which, if anybody out there doesn't know what the Justice League is, it would be the Avengers for DC Comics. It would be Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, 
Martian Manhunter, the Flash. The Flash. Um, Affleck. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. <laughs> Don't Affleck forget the Blue Beetle. Out. But Ted Cord, right? Isn't it Ted Cord? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Booster Gold. No. Um, Booster Gold. So Affleck confirmed that he's not going to do it, which, you know, I think he would have done fine, but I don't... Really. I thought it was a weird fit. I, like, I, I kind of like the niche that Affleck has carved out for himself yeah. as a director, like, making like really adult, dirty, grimy, like movies for like yeah. yeah. I'm excited yeah. for Argo. Yes, that looks very good. His, his upcoming movie, but we can talk about that later. Uh, now supposedly they're going to be going after the Wachowskis, which I'd be okay with that. I don't dislike it with with how yeah with how cartoony, and I haven't seen the movie, but with how cartoony Speed Racer came out. If they kind of took those sensibilities to DC and yes. didn't try to make it um, a Nolan Nolan verse, that's, overly grim and gritty. That's the yeah, main reason. Very grounded. Yeah. I, I, it should be colorful. It should be fun. It should be kinetic. And absolutely. It should have that sense of if they do a Justice League movie and make it really colorful and and pretty to look at. And I mean, they can craft a cool story in there too. Yeah. But I think if they do it in a way visually that hasn't been seen in a comic book movie before. That'll make them stand out even more. Yeah, because they're gonna need something to separate. Absolutely. I mean, they haven't done anything to get anybody other than Batman off the ground. Right. So you're gonna need a draw. And you know what? You're not even gonna have Christian Bale in this movie. Exactly. Mm-mm. So they're gonna need to do something to set themselves apart and draw attention to themselves. So, I, yeah, I'd probably go with it too. And yeah, Speed Racer's great. You should watch it. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's I, really cool. I've yeah. been told that many times. So we'll, I'll, I'll get on that. Um. We talked about RoboCop last episode, but apparently uh, the RoboCop remake by Jose Padilla is still going on, but looks like Hugh Laurie is dropping out as the villain. Uh, they want to replace him with Clive Owen. Um, that makes me a little less enthusiastic, because I really would love to see Hugh Laurie in like a villain role mm-hmm. in, in you know, a, a movie, like, you know, besides 101 Dalmatians or whatever movie that was that he was in. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I think he was in the live-action 101 he was. Dalmatians. He was one of Cruella Deville's little helpers the, or whatever. Yeah, the henchman. Ooh, moved up to the top of the rental. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally Instant queue. At the top of the Netflix queue. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, it makes me sad that he's gone, but there's still some pretty awesome people floating around in that project. Clive Owens, I have no problems with Clive Owens, so it could still be cool. I just want right. them to stop remaking Paul Verhoeven's Paul Verhoeven's <laughs> movies. Like it's gotta stop. Like you, like you're gonna you're not gonna improve RoboCop. It's not gonna happen. That's true. That's it's true. not gonna happen. That's true. I don't think you can improve Total Recall. That's also true. Yeah. Paul um, Verhoeven recently said that the remake was pretty horrible, but I don't. think He went and saw it. Why did he go see it? <laughs> he, had, he was the one. You know what? He probably didn't. So Verhoeven. He's just. He I, just knows. Thinking, they're thinking about remaking Starship Troopers, or are they? I don't know. They just had a, like an animated one that came out last week on DVD, but I don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, I thought they were. He has a new movie coming out too. Does he doing that Passion with Numi Rapace and? No, that's um, De Palma. I always mix Verhoeven and Palma because they're so steamy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're so steamy and sultry. <laughs> Very steamy. <laughs> you know, much like this podcast is getting. <laughs> but, oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. Like at this point, I'm just kind of hoping it's terrible, like the RoboCop remake, because then at least I'll have a reason to watch it just right. to make fun of it. But right. I, it just like he looks like Iron Man in the pictures a little. Like, I don't know if I've seen the pictures. Have you yet. seen the concept art pictures? No, oh, really they're terrible. No. Like if they if they're trying like I don't it, no. I was listening to uh, the Cag Cast, which is cheap ass gamers uh, okay. podcast. 
they were talking about the photos and they said that they're trying to make him into like a transformer and if they go that far away from the robocop yeah i, I mean, mean he I, should be an android like that's all that we really need out of a robocop movie we don't need him transforming into anything no, that's just extra stuff they're throwing in there to try and market it easier. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, it looks like Transformers. Yeah, look at this. Because that worked uh... for Battleship, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the director of the RoboCop? What, the original? The, the RoboCop. No, um, no, not the original. The remake? Uh, the remake. Jose Padilla. Okay. What's, what's he done? Let me, let me what does his filmography quick. look like? Yeah. But no, I think, I think you're right. They're not going to make a movie that, that is as good as the original RoboCop. No. It's... I, I mean, I think they could make still make a cool RoboCop movie, but... Almost. What's the point? I, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you like what different angle are you going to find with RoboCop that RoboCop didn't already do? I know. I, I just, the only thing I can see them improving upon in in a new RoboCop movie would be the um, the the suit and the mobility of the suit. Yeah. Make him a little bit more intimidating than just. I mean, he was intimidating, but. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. He wasn't very mobile in the movie. He was kind of like, no. you know. So. But that's all just kind of window dressing right. that you're improving. Right. It's nothing so. that actually adds any sort of depth to the, the story or anything. I don't know. It, it's it's weird, though, because, yeah, they keep remaking his films, and I don't see how you can improve. Like, I am I mean, they're not the greatest movies of all time, but, like, they're pretty perfect for what they are. Yeah, they're, right. like, they're I mean, you know. if you're going to, like, let's remake Hollow Man. I mean, if we're going to remake a Paul Verhoeven movie. Yeah, I'd be okay with that one, because that movie wasn't very good. Also very steamy. It is steamy. The Rudy Mara They're part. all steamy. Oh. Um, Jose Padilla of Elite Squad fame. Elite Squad. Okay. Elite Squad, The Enemy Within, came okay. out in 2010. Okay. So he hasn't done a whole lot to break into the uh, the American market, but... Okay. I thought I read somewhere that that was like a decent like crime action yeah, flick. Yeah, that's so. what I've heard, so... Maybe I'm gonna go see the RoboCop movie regardless, so I really can't say much about yeah. not you know knock it or anything. But I have a feeling I'm gonna walk out disappointed. I'm so. willing to give it a try, but it's not it's not especially without Hugh Laurie. I'm not sure if I care about it a whole lot anymore. But it could that could change. Who knows? All right, and then finally we have a a date set for the Avengers sequel, May first, 2015. Marvel capitalizing on that that Iron Man weekend that they've had since two thousand and eight. Uh, we kind of had an inkling of this when when Joss Whedon was signed on through twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I remember talking after the Avengers came out. I think, I think twenty fifteen is too soon. I think twenty fifteen is right. And can I just say that I had a tremendous weight lifted off my shoulders personally when I saw May 1st, 2015, because I'm getting married that summer. (laughs) (laughs) And there was, (laughs) this is so bad, there was no release date when we set our date. And I'm like, how am I going to explain to my fiancé that we have to change the date of the wedding because Avengers came out? You just take a two and a half hour trip after the wedding. (laughs) I think think Nikki would understand, but... You know that if that happened, that we would make that happen no matter what. And that's that's why I'm marrying her, because she that actually be, understands those things. That would be, you know, if you did it, like, if your wedding was set for May 2nd, you right. know that your bachelor party would have been everybody going to see the Avengers sequel. Right. And then the strip club. Well, yes, the Windsor <laughs> Ballet, but... Right. Um, so, anyway, I mean, I, I think 2015 is, is a little short for me, because... 
if you think about it, that means we've got three years. They had four years between Iron Man and the first Avengers. I liked having the four years. I think that had that gave us enough time. I think the reason that, that it's going to be 2015, it's not only because the Avengers got a lot of money, but Marvel obviously has a lot in the pipeline, and we're going to get, like, four movies out, five mm-hmm. movies out before then. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I like... It's kind of the same time. I see... I don't know. I think it's... I'm with Willie. I didn't... I guess my biggest point is that I didn't want them to make the choice to do so just because the movie did really well. And, and I, I'm not sure that they're doing that. I, they might be. They they could be. I don't know. But I like the six-month interval thing that they're yeah. kind of doing now, where it's like you get a movie every six months. It's kind of cool. It's like... That's true. I think they learned from their Iron Man 2 mistake. Yeah. Because that was, what, a year or two? Iron two, Man was it 2 two years came after? Out, Iron Man 2 came out 2010. Yes. Yeah. And the first one was 2008. 2008 was okay. Iron Man. 2008 was. I mean, it was the too Incredible quick a turnaround, mm-hmm. is what it was. Yeah. So. You're probably right. Don't want right. to over. I mean, I just hope that it's not. They're not going to oversaturate the market with Marvel product, because there's yeah. a lot of movies in a very short period of time. I don't think they're going to, because as long as they maintain their quality, I think people will go and see them. But um, this is their true test coming up with the sequels, because the weakest movie so far out of their their camp has been Iron Man two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got Cap 2, Thor 2. We'll see how well they handle those it'll sequels. Be, it'll be quite interesting. So, I don't, who knows? We'll see. All right. Well, um, I think that's about it for film news this week. I think we're going to move right into our review of The Expendables 2. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Here's where it's my time to shine. All right. <laughs> yeah. Tim's stepping up to the plate now. MVP. All right. So, Most um, damn player. The Expendables 2, part of the 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 uh, sequel to Sylvester Stallone's Brainchild. Yeah. He wrote, directed, and starred in The Expendables along with uh, many other big action stars. That Statham, was, Jet Li, yes, Mickey Rourke, Bruce Willis. That that was the big pull to to the Expendables series. Is that it's a, you know, every action star that you grew up on in one movie, which most of which for the first time. Yeah. Most and of them. I, I think that's, you know, that it was a fantastic idea for them to do. Um, so, all right, The Expendables 2 is directed by Simon West this time. So Of Con Air fame. Of Con Air fame. Yes. Great action film. One of the only tolerable Nick Cage films. I, I disagree with you. <laughs> I know. But that's... I totally agree with you. And, uh, Put the bonnet back Nick in the Cage's box. Nick Cage is a lone defender. <laughs> um... So, uh, Expendables 2, starring uh, Sylvester Stallone, Liam, Liam Hemsworth, excuse me, Jason Statham, uh, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, and there's a few other people who hop in that we'll get around to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, a few surprises. A few surprises and, and cameos and, and such. So, I think I want to start out with uh, thoughts on the first film. And then you can move into general thoughts on this one, and we're going to save spoilers for later. So, okay. uh, Tim, how, how did you? Wh- what did you think of the first Expendables film? It was not great. It was. <laughs> it cruises by on charisma and a lot of goodwill built up towards like Sylvester Stallone, but it's. I'll get it. Stallone has completely forgotten how to structure a film. Like, he can't do it. And so it's just, like, two big action scenes, 
and then a bunch of terrible in between. <laughs> Just like Mickey Rourke going on like 20 minute rants about his lost love, which is actually great. But like, it's, not, it's actually a pretty good piece of acting. No, but really, that's why it shouldn't be in that movie. It's so out of place. And the action is not well shot. There are parts of it that are good, and there are parts like. There's the Statham, Stallone, like, airplane, like, gun down in the first one yeah. that's exciting on a level, but then, like, you get to the hand-to-hand stuff, and it's just poorly shot. It's too close. It's too dark. The Gary Daniels, Jet Li, Jason Statham three-way fight is pretty cool, though. That is good. Yeah. That was good. That was good. There that are moments good. of brilliance in that. No, and there are parts that work, and that's what makes me kind of give it a pass, but it's not It's not good by any means, like, at all. All right, all right. So... So, what are your thoughts on the second one? It's Just a little better. A little better. I think the Van Damme factor might have something to do with it because I think he's—I <laughs> honestly—I think he's legitimately good in this movie. Like, I don't think this is like a like a goofy like. I think he's good in this movie. I think he's been good lately. So I, that helped. The action's a little better. It's still really dark. Yeah. It's still shot really dark. Yeah. It still feels too short. Okay. Without getting too much into detail about it but it's still the same way. It's two big action scenes, one at the beginning, one at the end, and then absolutely no flow for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, there's just weird moments, and, it, like, it's it's not very good either. It's it's kind of disappointing, because, like, I shouldn't expect better, maybe is not the word, <laughs> but they should be a little more fun than what they are. Okay. So it kind of, it hurts. It hurts, guys. All right, all right. So, Willie, how, how did you... How how did you walk out of the first Expendables film? I didn't hate the first Expendables movie. I didn't love it either. I thought it was... I, I was disappointed by it. Okay. Because here, obviously, I've got this built in my head. It's the greatest action stars of all time. And I grew up with my dad on the couch watching these guys yeah. blow people up, you know? And so it was a bit of a letdown from that perspective. The same For the same reasons, really, it, it's... But also, it it takes itself too seriously. That first movie, it just doesn't have enough fun. Like, yeah. the audience gets what you're doing, Stallone. Just have fun <laughs> with it. We know what this movie is. We know that this is just an excuse to get a bunch of guys together that are awesome. Mm-hmm. So just do it and have fun with it and joke with it and you know. Yeah. It was just too heavy the first one, and there's a lot of weird things about relationship. Like, I'm sorry, but. When I'm watching a movie with those like action titans in it, yeah, and there's like a ten minute long scene with Stallone giving Jason Statham relationship advice, <laughs> there's something going wrong. <laughs> there's something but going wrong. But wouldn't you want to know how to keep Cordelia too? I mean, she's gorgeous. Maybe not wrong. from Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. Um, but it wasn't nuts about it. All right. This one. I love this movie. <laughs> I really did. I can't lie. I I loved it because I think this time around I was like, my expectations were very low. Okay. Regardless of all the extra guys they added in there. Yeah. My expectations were still quite low, but they just, they had fun with it this time. I mean, there was a little bit of that stuff that carried over from the first one with a little bit of relationshipy crap in there and yeah, I mean. unnecessary, really bad jokes that not like, I laughed at because they were so stupid. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they weren't even like the meant to be stupid jokes. They were just like we're meant to feel like part of the team. Yeah. But really, we just felt like, okay, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Randy Couture ear jokes go on a little bit long. In this oh God, game. Randy Couture is in this movie. <laughs> he is in this oh, movie. Oh no, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so no, I actually really liked this movie. I mean, it's not. It, I liked it for what it is. I should yeah. say. I'm not going to compare this to 
pretty much anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed it. So. All right. Um, so I haven't seen the first Expendables, and part of that is, to tell you the truth, I hadn't really seen any movies with any of the first people in it. I so you weren't going into this with a nostalgia I thing anyway. I haven't sat through any Rambo movies. I haven't seen any Rocky movies. Um, I just about the only person whose movie I had seen. I think I've seen a little bit of Romeo Must Die. With Jet Li. Okay. That's probably about it. You haven't seen Street Fighter. I I mean when I was a kid, but I don't remember. Okay. It no Statham. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Transporter movies. Didn't wow. see any Crank movies. I I was clean walking into wow. this. Wow. No Randy Couture movies. No Randy Couture movies. So well, I, there aren't many. <laughs> that's part of the reason why I didn't really care to see the first one. True. I mean, Brittany told you the other night that we put the movie in to watch just to watch it before the the second before I went to see the second right. one. I had it in for a minute and realized I really didn't care at all and just turned it off because I wasn't going to spend my time seeing a movie that most of the people I know didn't really care for. Sure, sure. And you don't need... This is not a movie where you yeah. need to see the first one to see mm-hmm. the second one. That's what I'll say, is that I had a lot of fun with this movie without seeing the first one, without having a lot of love for Sylvester Stallone and... and or Lundgren or whoever. Or Lundgren or any of those people. Um, but here's here's basically... What I want to say is that any time that the action was over the top, it was exactly what I wanted out of this movie. And any time that there were any line exchanges that referenced older lines from other films that these people were in, it was exactly what I didn't want out of this movie. (laughs) Chuck Norris is in this movie. There's a Chuck Norris fact in this film. There is. There is. And it's told by Chuck Norris. It's amazing. Okay, I, you I know what's you know what's great about it? I don't really like Chuck Norris, so like, and I know he doesn't like the Chuck Norris jokes. So watching him squirm as he delivered that <laughs> joke was just—it was very you could, fulfilling. You could feel the disdain in his voice oh, as it he came hated out. Hated it, but so. it was that was just one of those things where I was like, <sighs> really, really. Like there were a few times where I had to hold back a boo in the theater. <laughs> And I don't think anybody would have, like, thrown anything at me because they also would start laughing after these horrible jokes, just like I would. Yeah. But I think there was literally one time where I did go boo. Nobody heard me. <laughs> Nobody cared. But I personally, just... I, I was satisfied in the sense that I got to boo at the that, that thing. So I'm not coming to this movie for the, the, the main draw or the dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's the thing is that I think the genesis of this movie was never let's make a compelling story. No, it was no, let's, never. Let's make a bunch of awesome action. Mm-hmm. Right. And they completely succeed at that. However, I don't think that's necessarily an excuse to have a crappy story and horrible dialogue. Like there was some straight up bad exchanges in in this in this movie and we're gonna i'll I'll get to some of that in the spoilers we're gonna i'm gonna do a little bit of a one-man dramatic reading of of a few lines because i don't want to put that on either of you but i'd love to do one i would uh so i mean it was a lot of fun but on the other hand there's just like there were a few moments like say when they're they they find like the the training city mm-hmm. in the middle of the film mm-hmm. and uh Terry Crews is sitting there making his like gourmet dinner and they were talking about what what would be the last uh your last meal yeah yeah 
And Randy Couture is talking about, like, cereal. Yeah. Did I miss something because I didn't see the first one? That's... That's... <laughs> that's Stallone trying to get you into the group to make that's, you feel like you understand this that's group. That's such a Stallone no, 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 thing. No, no, no. So, was that... Had that no, never been referenced no, before? No. no. That's my point, is that that is one of the weirdest and dumbest character moments that I've ever experienced There's one in the on first film. movie where they go, he goes on, he starts getting upset about his, his cauliflower ear, because Randy Couture's a UFC fighter, yeah. and he's yeah. got a deformed ear. And he starts going on about how cauliflower ears form, and as you know, I was once a wrestler, and one of the common injuries associated with wrestling is the cauliflower ear, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And then literally, this is what happens, like, you're wondering, where is he going with this, right? Yeah. And then... Somebody says, what's your point? And he goes, it ain't easy being green. <laughs> That's it. Does he know cauliflower isn't green? It's he's, it's because he's dumb. He doesn't understand it. Uh, me and Stallone. Oh. Me and Stallone. Let me, I guess that humor was a little over my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, he's trying to make weird... He's try, okay, he's trying to make in-jokes between the group that... They like understand? I understand that. No, that's, that's why I have my bullet points here. <laughs> What does that say at the bottom? Please read that, Tim. But we don't understand them. Characterization moments may be from the original. Question mark. Yes. They're not. They're okay. Not. No. So, I mean, that's that's the thing, is that they're, they're just some of the... See, this is... You haven't watched a lot of Stallone movies. This is part of this his happens. weird okay. meathead charm, where I mean... he tries to, like, work in these character moments that totally don't work most of the time. <laughs> but, like, it's he's true. trying now, so Terry hard. Now, Terry Crews making all his, like, with his, like, yeah. coffee... That worked. Terry Crews yeah, sells it. Yeah, that Terry worked. Cruz, because, yeah. he, he, like, I love the idea of this big buff dude that like is a total badass like but he has to have his like french coffee maker yeah. with him at all he's times making, like, minestrone soup yeah, or whatever like, and yes it's ridiculous it was that it, so i mean we'll delve more into that as we go into spoilers too, yeah so. but i mean it, what i'm saying is i stallone wrote was was a co-writer on this film yes um i think he probably should have just given it all up to someone else and you i think, think i think there would have yeah. been a better movie out of probably. it. probably but like i said that's not what you're coming to this movie for. You just want the the mm. awesome action. I kind of love Stallone for that too, though, because like I, <laughs> I just love how endearing it is that he's really yeah. trying to get he's like, so these messages across <laughs> in his films. Like, like the first Expendables, oh, there's a whole plot about like people that like a, a ruler that became corrupt and like fell away from it. Like, it's really endearing that he's trying to like put forward these very real world. Yeah. So I almost kind of like, it's well, like charming, I mean, you know, that he's trying to do that. I don't know. He's such a sweetheart. He is. Come on. He is. You're Come coming on, at Alex. it with this fondness of <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, which That's I, true. like That's I said, true. I don't have because I haven't seen any of his movies. Just start with Rhinestone. Okay. <laughs> start with no, Rhinestone. don't start on Rhinestone. What are you doing to Start Martin on Cobra. Together. Alex, start on Cobra. <laughs> yeah. I'll start wherever you guys start. If you can get at. through Cobra, you'll be all right. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, other than that, I... There's a lot of fun, and don't come to this movie looking for anything more than, like, a fun time. Yeah. Seriously, drink a, yes, a no. decent amount before you go see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah honestly, that's what it was written for. Honestly, <laughs> have a few beers in mm-hmm. the parking lot, rock out to some, like, some some Def Leppard or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, Def Leppard. They were doing a lot of 50s, like, <laughs> yeah. doldies in the movie. But I think, I like, 80s like hair metal yeah. would have worked perfect for this. A that's little bit, yeah. You know, if you go and you, like, you drive up in a Trans Am, borrow it from a friend or something, drive yeah. up in, like, a Trans Am, pop the hood open, you know, stare at your engine while you drink beer, like, do yeah. manly stuff before you go see this. Maybe in the middle, just for the ladies, play a little Silent Lucidity. Yeah, I think. Silent Lucidity. Just, like, yeah. break it down. <laughs> Like, because that's what they're going to do in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, get a little emotional. Guys, get in touch. 
Um, the only other thing that I want to mention, <laughs> without any spoilers, I think there's a character in this film who is completely wasted, and uh, we'll get into that in the spoiler section. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, do you guys have any other general thoughts about the film? Not without getting into spoilers. Yeah, stuff. I think. I think we're ready. I think. Right. I think we're ready to dive into this bad boy. All yeah. right. Well, I think I think we're gonna hop into spoilers then. I'm gonna give you a little break here so that you can shut it off if you don't want to hear any Expendables two spoilers. But uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Expendables 2. Um, so I'll get into who I think was wasted. When I saw the character poster for Liam Hemsworth, mm-hmm. I was like, why the <laughs> hell is Liam Hemsworth the lesser of the two Hemsworth brothers Absolutely. in this movie? Like, what is the point? And I sat through the first 10, 15 minutes of that movie. They made him... One of the coolest characters ever, in my opinion. <laughs> he was such an awesome sniper, and it was so good. Dude's heads were exploding. Yes! <laughs> and it was sweet! And I was like, oh my god, I could never have been more wrong. And then they kill him. They did. And there's, there could have been so much interplay with, you know, how how their work weighs on the soul and what it's done to the old people and why yeah. he needs to get out. But not only not only do they kill him, but they start off with him wanting to leave, which that was a very odd choice. Yeah, yeah. it's like that <clears throat> that arc should have happened over the whole movie, not the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me uh, begin the first dramatic reading quote by breaking into what I think could have uh, would have been the the, uh, the em- it's the emotional resonance that y- this relationship should have brought mm-hmm. summed up in the mind of Sylvester Stallone through his character Barney Ross and, are and, you setting up like the scene like what has happened to lead uh, okay. up to it okay. so 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 Van Damme has spin kicked <laughs> yeah let's talk true, about that a oh, little true Van Damme fashion <laughs> spin for- kicked a knife I into f- Liam Hemsworth's chest <laughs> I forgot to mention that the villain in this movie, his name <laughs> is Villain. Jean. Well, actually, it's pronounced like seven different ways in the movie. <laughs> Did you not I don't know if you that because because early on, I believe Stallone says like Villain. Yes. Villain. And then as he's fighting him later, he's like Villain. Yeah. It's I know. different I from the same guy. I would have thought Villain. Cool. Yeah. Would have been. But his name is Villain. <laughs> And John Villain. They didn't change his first name. And did you guys hear that in Expendables 3, they're talking about bringing him back? Like, they, they talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back in, yeah. the, in the next one. They talked about bringing him back as the twin brother of his character from the first one. Well, in, this, in the third one, they're going to bring back Jean-Claude. I'm not making this up. They're going to bring back Jean-Claude Van Damme as Claude Villain instead of Jean Villain. I mean, it's, joke. it's funny because it kind of harkens back to the... The Hans and Max Gruber thing? Yeah, sure. Or, or any of the ten Jean-Claude Van Damme movies where he plays twins. <laughs> but, but, but He does but, do that a lot. <laughs> but give me a name more original than v- villain for the villain. 
It's hilarious. It, it's, anyway, it's really, yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm, I'm splitting yes. hairs yes. there. So but, the scene is uh, Liam so Hemsworth, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, Liam's Hem, Liam Hemsworth, Hemsworth's character gets uh, gets a knife to the chest. Gets Barney's knife to the chest with a spin kick. With a yes. spin kick let's, by Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes. Say right here, it was a spin kick knife yes. kill. Yes. So, Fantastic. so we cut to uh, the Expendables burying him and uh, Barney Ross, Sylvester Stallone's character, giving a few words. So let me let me let me put on my best uh, Sylvester Stallone impression. I'm gonna close my eyes. What? Why is it the only ones <coughs> to live? The want to live the most. Die, and the ones that don't deserve to live keep on going. <laughs> We're gonna have to take another break because I'm, I'm starting to cry. If I'm not, do? if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he then says after that, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Thank you, Stallone, for telling me where I should be looking at the philosophy of the film and. You know my other favorite part about that? What? Is they send his girlfriend an 8x10 studio still of Liam Hemsworth <laughs> they do. with a gun and like, like a million dollars at the they end of the do. movie. Yeah. Just they remember, do. here's a gift from the Expendables guy. Yeah, and that's that's oh like the only God. thing that gets like touched on there with her, but... <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. That I that I, I felt as though that dramatic reading would bring a little to light about my, oh dis- my dislike of the dialogue. I think <laughs> I think you sold a lot of tickets there. Is what you did. I, I, yeah, I'm anybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen to the your movie, Sylvester Stallone one man show yeah, that you will yeah. be doing at That's, the Royal Oak Theater. Yep. This I, Saturday. I, I would go. I would go. To that. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, okay. So do you guys, do you guys have any other, th- I mean, I just, I think Liam Hemsworth surprisingly brought a lot to the, or could have brought a lot to the film. I didn't think about that until you said it. I, I mean, I liked, I liked him in the movie. I didn't, yeah. but I, I was like, okay, well, I guess they squashed all the haters, you know, right away that were like, why do they cast him? But you're right. He was likable. Yeah. And, and I think it would have been better. And it's weird because after I walked out of the movie, I was thinking to myself, you know, I really miss Jet Li in this because his character takes off really quickly after I, a really cool fight scene. I agree with, with that too. And I was bummed about that, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it would have been better to have Lee's character get killed off. If he didn't want to be in the movie, Lee's wouldn't it have had a more emotional resonance mm-hmm. for a guy you had seen in the first movie That's get true. killed off? And then you could have had a character arc with yeah. Hemsworth, which I never thought I'd ever say. No, me either. But I, I kind wow. It was I kind of get that. And like you said, the choice to make him want to leave at the beginning was a weird choice. Yeah. I, I guess maybe he was setting up the fact he wanted to get out of there and it'd be sadder, more upsetting when but he that, actually died. But, like, they don't go back. It's, it was a very... They should have killed Randy Couture. He's <laughs> <is> terrible. <laughs> like, he's got to stop. I can agree The spoiler with that. section is just going to be 20 minutes of me slamming Randy Couture, because he's not listening. <laughs> Randy Couture's not listening. What he can't hear out of his cauliflower ear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about Randy Couture because uh, I don't want him to somehow find out. Well, you know, if it brought some listeners to the podcast. <laughs> the next episode will be me being beat to death by Randy Couture. Uh, Alright, so um, I just wanted to get another dramatic reading here. Yes, I think Demonstrating so. the fact about... Uh, I mean, okay, I think it's hilarious that 
whenever Chuck Norris sho- like Chuck Norris shows up killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was a tank funny. explodes. Yes, out of nowhere. he blows up a tank somehow yeah. with the rifle that he has. Yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. And then they've got like the good, the bad, and the ugly theme. Yeah. Plays there yep. when he walks out. They're gonna yep. hate themselves if they get Eastwood for the next one. As they can't use it. Yeah, 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 that's. But yeah. but it's it's it is really silly. I and it's really silly. And then on top of that, they they, they put this cherry on top. After after Norris uh, walks up to Barney and and uh, they exchange a little bit. And he well, says, "I thought you were. I, I heard you were dead." Yeah, I heard to, you were dead. Norris's character. Norris's character says, "I hear a lot of things about myself." And instantly, I started thinking, "Here right. we go! It's yeah. happening!" All right. So, so this is this is the subsequent line after that. I, I heard another rumor that you were bitten by a king cobra. <laughs> and and Norris's character Booker goes, "Yeah, but after five days of agonizing pain, the cobra died." <laughs> oh my! God. That's where I booed. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that I that could have very well been where I had booed personally, but. I was not looking for any Chuck Norris facts in my film, and that's this harkens back to my point because they did it. They did it with uh, with Schwarzenegger too. Uh, the the I'll be back comes up twice. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's and, overused. And and uh, and Terry Crews jokingly says that he was going to terminate him. Oh, that's right. Right. I right. was just like, these are the moments that I didn't want in this movie, but you know, they are going to be there anyway. So I mean. This it's not like it ruined the experience for me. Like I said, I had a fantastic time. It was a lot of fun, but I, I think a big part of it is how you use them, how sparing yes. where, where you use them. Yes. Um, I think there, there's an exchange towards the end. There's a big shootout at the airport yep. or wherever the hell they yep. were, and um, that's First another realized. thing. The, the I laughed, and the, the first 15 minutes of this movie is like one big action scene. Yep. A- and I knew I would like this movie more right from the beginning because I'm like, okay, the action scene in the first 15 minutes of Expendables 2 is better than anything that happened in Expendables 1. <laughs> so, but I swear to I swear to you, they go through like every possible generic action setting. They go, they're in a jungle, they're on a river, they're in a factory, they're on a mountain. They're in a volcano as it's erupting. They aren't really in a volcano as it's erupting, but they're in like every possible. It's so silly, but but everything's so generic and so yeah. anyway. But they're they're having a shootout in this airport, and it's Bruce Willis who has a bigger role in this than the first one. Yeah, not by much, but he's there. He shoots a gun this time, and Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and they literally trade off each other's catchphrases for a solid thirty seconds. Yeah. And it, it, after a while, it's like, seriously? Yeah. That's enough, guys. We yeah. know. You played John McClane, and you said, yippee ki ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And you played the Terminator. It's pretty silly. Yeah. But I did like the smart car at the end. Yeah, it was the, pretty good. The smart car featured about the only line that reminded me of old Arnold. When he, because like a lot of times, like Arnold was not good in this movie. Yeah. He, he was, like, out of not, all the old guys, he looked like he was having the hardest time getting around. Yeah, he, and he didn't remember how to act. And not like he ever knew, really, but like when he was in the car and he delivered that line. Um, My shoe is bigger than this car. It was like an actual like, <laughs> like Arnold Zinger. It was. Like, was good, good one, Arnie. It but, was good. That I want to touch on the Chuck Norris thing that I was very upset about. Okay. I wasn't upset, but um, it just seems to a point where you go and watch these guys because you're actually fans of them, mm-hmm. and you don't want to see them become such a parody of themselves yeah. that you become embarrassed. And I thought a couple times that the Norris part was r- r- a lot like that. 
and even the Schwarzenegger stuff, I'm just like, guys, yeah. like, you don't have to dance for us. Like, we yeah. like you. Yeah. Like, it's old guys trying to be hip. Yeah, yeah. I, get that. And, I get that. And it just, it kind of felt, and I understand, like, having fun, putting some jokes in the movie, but, like, sometimes it, it you have to balance that line with this movie, and I yeah. don't think they did it real well a lot of the times. I completely yeah, that's agree. That's true. That's true. So. It is very true. I I was more forgiving of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, a well, little bit. I mean, I I got annoyed with it too, but I I was just I don't know. I was just that You were sh- surprised that you were getting a little more competent of a film after the first one. Yeah, probably. and and I and I saw more um not necessarily teamwork in this one, but I saw more of like all three guys on the screen at the same time, you know. Yeah firing machine guns yep. in unison and that's what I wanted out of the first one and yeah. I wanted like my heroes to not really my heroes but you know the action heroes to be up there you know yeah. all at the same time just going nuts and I got a little bit more of that here so I was able to forgive some of the stupider stuff about that maybe I shouldn't have been as forgiving uh, but no, I, I mean, was I, I, it yeah. certainly like I said I'm willing to write it mostly off because of the fact that I had a good time with it but yeah and you had fun that's, that's and I don't want to be completely negative here because there is there was a thrill like watching Van Damme and Stallone like yeah. fight each other for me it was a good like, fight yeah and I, I heard a lot of hatred about that fight they said everybody was like oh it's too short it I'm is like, too short it, it, was, it was fun though it's too short but yeah. I think I kind of understand it I mean they're not in their prime here I mean I thought the Statham um, Scott Atkins fight was unforgivable like that should have been way longer because those guys can still go. Yeah, and I it was it was too short. The end is very good. Scott Adkins yeah. gets his head blown up yeah. in a helicopter blade. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's really good. But yeah, I don't. And so and then seeing Willis and Schwarzenegger fire guns out of a smart car. It's fantastic. Like I'm always gonna love that. Yeah, that's so, good. It, honestly, I would give it a pass if I had to. But yeah, it, it's not. And that's one of the things too. Is is you know. There are very few moments in both Expendables 1 and 2 that are iconic in their own right. Yeah. yeah. There are too many, there's, there's really very few iconic moments in either one of those films, whereas I can remember so many iconic moments from all those guys' past films right off the top of my head. Yeah. And I don't get much of that in those two, the Expendables movies. I mean, there's a few. The Scott Aitken's getting his head blown up in a helicopter. I'll probably never forget that because it's <laughs> awesome yeah and, and and the smart car scene and some of the other scenes we've talked about those are very i mean they feel iconic like they mm-hmm. will be at some point kind of iconic scenes in action movie history yeah. but there's not many of them no. so it's kind of it's re- it's almost relying too much on the past mm-hmm. for its action you know for its i don't know it's pure nostalgia for those right and it doesn't invent enough n- new things for yeah. itself so it is, which yeah. Isn't really what they were aiming to be. No, but, but it would. I think there's no reason that it couldn't be that. More creative action scenes would have been nice. It's tough to harp on, especially the Stallone Van Damme, because they're so old. Yeah. yeah. But but like I said, with the Statham, even Lee has still got something in the tank, right? Jelly. Yeah. yeah. Like sure. you could have done a little more there. It, I mean, Terry Crews really he just stands and fires guns. I mean, I guess there's a part where he tackles people. So. But no, I yeah. I I liked the fact that with the the Van Damme Stallone the end fight. Mm-hmm. You got to see a little bit of each of their styles, yeah. which is kind of cool because you see Stallone get Rocky mode and he starts boxing him yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was kind of neat. Yeah. And then of course Van Damme does like seven spin kicks in a row. <laughs> and you know what? I want to mention there's like the first two spin kicks of that fight. I think it cuts back to the same shot of Stallone falling down. It I does. So. It does. I was like, uh, uh what? <laughs> they can only but, get one good spin kick out of Van Damme. Yep. I just thought one. this would be a challenge. He gets a, he gets a like a. 
he has to mark up his salary every time he does another spin kick. It's in his contract. <laughs> yeah. It's like ten grand per spin kick. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I, I certainly, I was very sad to realize that Jet Li was pretty much gone after yeah. that it first, was rough. first big scene. I it mean, was rough. Like I said, I, I mean, I've seen, uh, for this film, I've seen a bunch of Schwarzenegger movies. I've seen, I mean, I hadn't really seen Die Hard up until a few years ago, to it's tell you the truth. It's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah. But, uh, so I had a little bit more fondness for some of the people that were in this one, but uh, with no Jet Li, like not a lot of Jet Li in this one, that first fight scene, I was, I thought it was pretty cool, and mm-hmm. I would have liked more of Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Me too, yeah. So. Yeah. All right, Tim. Talk to us. What, what do you think about your hero? He was so good in this movie, yeah. guys. He's so good. Like he's it's been a renaissance these last four years <laughs> okay. of Van Damme because he had JCVD. Mm-hmm. He had a respectable direct-to-video Universal Soldier sequel. <laughs> and then Better this, than the theatrical he's sequel. Back. He honestly deserved one or two more scenes. Actually, he didn't deserve it. They needed one or more, two more scenes with him in the movie. He's not in it. Much. He's not in it enough. No. And. That's part of my other problem with the Norris thing is like it. Why do we need him twice? Like why couldn't one of those scenes been another Van Damme scene yeah. setting up how much more of a villain he is or whatever? So, sure. it, but when he is in it, he's a lot of fun in it, and it's not because I I grew I like Van Damme because there was a goofy charm to him when he was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean he's he's a dork, but you like him, mm-hmm. and, and you watch like Kickboxer, you watch like Hard Target. And you enjoy watching. He's like the underdog. So yeah. it's weird to see him now, where he's he's got like this weariness all over his face. Yeah. And I think he's legitimately been good these last couple movies he's been in. JCVD is a very... It's not a very... It's not a great film, but it's a very interesting movie. And a lot of it has to do with his performance. Okay. Like he's... He's good in it. I've seen the monologue he gives. <laughs> like the, the seven-minute monologue. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I was like... Jean-Claude Van Damme is like an actor. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of nice to see as a fan, honestly. And yeah. I've always I've always preferred him to, like, Seagal. Because Seagal was always a joke, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean... Under Siege was cool, but... Other than... But even that, he was such a pair... And I don't know, like I said, there was a likability. He was athletic. He was... I mean, he loves spin kicks. He loves, loves spin, spin kicks. kicks. <laughs> and he was... I mean, he was goofy in movies he needed to be goofy in. And then he brought a likability to something like Kickboxer, where you rooted for him as like the underdog. So, I yeah, I mean, I I thought he did really well. I, he's I, probably the I best actor fan. in the bunch besides Hemsworth. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he's got some cool quirks as a villain too. Yeah, he he doesn't have much to work with, but the little things he does here, like the little, uh, I I feel weird comparing him to Heath Ledger Joker, but. Heath Ledger did a, had a lot of cool quirks as a character. Yeah. He did a lot of things with his mouth, mm-hmm. and, and and Van Damme tries to do little things with like yeah. little body language things in this movie. I and I think it's fun. I liked his the motif of do you want to die like a sheep or like a man? <laughs> I thought I mean it, it's pretty cheesy, but it's still pretty good. It's and cool. Yeah. I was thinking about it, and I I'm not. I, the scene where Liam Hemsworth dies is a little strange. I mean, it's a it's certainly almost all exposition of Van Damme being like, I'm Villain, the villain, and uh, I'm here to take that computer thing you just got out of a plane where that chick almost died. It's, I, I was like, that's kind of weird, but it's also, it was also, I liked the thematic material in it where the team had to like lay down and 
you know, take what was coming to them. But it was kind of tense too. Yeah, I, it was, give that, yeah it there was, was there was some tension there. That which, might have been. I was genuinely unsure of what exactly was going to. I thought that was, was the best out. part of the movie, actually. That yeah, whole scene. And I wish they would have played more on this. In that scene, they have a little bit of a moment between Scott Adkins and Statham. Yeah. yeah. Where there's a tension between them. The lieutenants them. on the team, basically. I know. Basically. And they stare each other down, and you're like, this is going to happen. But they don't really build on that too no. much. And I think the payoff of the Scott Adkins Statham fight would have been a little bit stronger if. I would have been able to forgive the short fight yeah. a little bit more if the the build yeah. to the fight would have been stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a thought. So. Yeah. You know what was a other really good part is when Stallone and Van Damme are coming together like the build up to that fight mm-hmm. where they're kind of working their way across yeah. like that's good but th- yeah it was like Bane <clears throat> and Batman and Dark it was Knight very Rises. much very much like that <laughs> uh, I, well I kind of <laughs> Van Damme's like I'm all out of bullets and he's only, they've only been in the room for like two seconds it's just like what were you, do you, are you not you know, prepared uh, for the fact that you're <laughs> taking a bunch of nuclear material to an airport? And He's a little overconfident in a shot, I uh, think. So maybe he just really he wanted just to packed. use a spin kick. So <laughs> You know he did. Yeah. Uh, I guess I understand. But All right. Uh, any other thoughts for the spoilery? I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 liked, <clears throat> I liked some of the, the use of the characters. Yeah. We were talking earlier about um, Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren's yeah, Dolph was a really chemical engineering yeah. background. It was, it was cool, and I liked that in the first movie. Uh, you didn't see it, but he's he has a drug problem. Okay. And and he gets clean by the end of the movie, but I love how they still maintain that he was crazy. Like yeah, yeah. he's like eating a cookie on the ground by himself and weird, <laughs> yeah. weird stuff going on with him. The worst snoring problem in the world. Right. Yeah. It was really funny because yeah. he's like a hobo basically yeah. in this movie, and yep. it was really fun. Um, and he's probably my favorite out of the bunch, Lundgren, for sure. Yeah, I think I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. He's giant, but yeah. super smart. Yep. And scary looking. <laughs> we should mention that they touch on the most important part of the first movie, which is the Statham Charisma Carpenter. <sighs> Love. Yeah, get I a mean, little get like two seconds of Charisma Carpenter in there for Where do you guys think that story's gonna go? Do you think they're gonna end up happy? I don't uh, I don't, I don't care. know, man. <laughs> I don't care. That's the problem with this. How do you think she's cheating on him? How about they give some of her screen time to Jet Li? Not that I don't like looking <laughs> I think, at Charisma Carpenter, but... I think that was probably the biggest thing that I lost out on by not seeing the first movie, but I don't think there was much to lose out he on. Really, do you want to know place. what happens in the first movie between those two? He shows up to her house. She has another guy in the house with her. She gets hit by the other guy at some point. He goes and beats him up on a basketball court and then says to Charisma Carpenter, I was worth it. You should have stuck with me. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And then they're back together in this one. I, it's stupid. And they set up that... Like, she keeps calling him on the phone in this one, and he answers it, and then it goes, it's like a weird, it's another Stallone uh, it's, moment. It's yeah, just like, it's well, like I mean, something he set up, and then he's just like, I it's, forgot. It's half ideas. <laughs> there was there was another one of the things where it was like Stallone ripping on him about the relationship. I was like, okay, you've done this three times now. I don't need any more of you telling him that he doesn't need to be with this girl. Like, <laughs> It's a Stallonism. Alright. Well, anyway, I think that's about all we I got need- for our review. Yeah, we got nothing left. All right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, fun movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I think it was a good stupid, time. Stupid, stupid, stupid movie, but very fun. I I got I caught it on a five dollar matinee, and I That's I'm okay with spending five dollars on this movie. So. Drunk at a five dollar matinee <laughs> I was, is the way to see this. I was not drunk, <laughs> but it probably only would have made things better. So so it gets a it gets like a B minus if you're if you're sober, and like a a B plus if you're drunk. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Something along those lines. A That's C plus when you're. When I you're mean, sober. if I could think back to what I rated Born, I would probably adjust that a little bit. But 
I yeah, I think that's about right. Somewhere in there. So, how about you, Tim? Judged on its own terms, I would go. I go first one C, second one C plus. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that. Well, I think uh, we're gonna take one more quick break here, and then we're gonna come back with a little bit of uh, food for thought. A little bit of. It'd be where the feedback will go, hopefully, when you guys start sending in comments and questions. But uh, we'll be right back. Alright, so we're back. So, like I said, I think in this part of the podcast we'd end up covering some feedback from listeners, but... Because we're a pretty new podcast, we're just going to throw it over to Willie, who I think has a few questions that he wants to pose to to the crew here. Yeah, just a couple little questions. First of all, we all obviously saw Expendables 2. I think Expendables 3 is probably an inevitable thing. Of course. Um, So, that being said, what action stars would you want to see added to a third Expendables movie? So, I mean, I, I rem- I've seen on, on a few websites that they're talking about pulling in a female action star, whether it be Sigourney Weaver or Jamie Lee Curtis or some, you know, people along those lines, which I'm totally down for. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, I liked Liam Hemsworth in this movie, and I wish there would be more. I think getting a younger generation of people in it would offer... Uh, some interesting material to to write a coherent story with, which may or may not have happened on this movie. But and then there were also a few a few stories out there about you know Nick Cage is probably going to be in the next one, and they're trying to get Eastwood and and uh, and Harrison Ford, which I don't know about Nick Cage, but I'm okay with the other two for sure. Personally, I mean action wise, it would be funny if like Keanu Reeves popped up. Or something. Mm-hmm. I'm we. I'm the yeah. resident Keanu Reeves apologist on the sure, podcast. Sure. I got your back. He did so. I mean, he, I he fits back. up with those guys. I mean, he, yeah. The Matrix, Point Break, yeah. Speed. He's done some very solid. Yeah. Actions. So I, I think I think he would be fun. I think he's the only one that I can really think of that I would want to see. I like Keanu. I like that pick. Yeah. Be good. Um, Tim. <laughs> I mean, any if anybody replaces Randy Couture, it's a plus, right? Ah. <laughs> uh. You brought him back up. Um, you <laughs> know, I'm gonna game. I'm gonna throw one out to my homie upstairs. Swayze would have been good. He would have been Swayze good. Well, been I mean, good. yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. I real mean, quick. the guy ripped a dude's throat out yeah. in a bar fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than Jean Claude Van Damme as Claude Villan, which I think is I think it's necessary. You're pretty yeah. happy to hear that now, aren't That's, you? Yeah, that might be better than the Steve Austin yeah. thing. But, we, um, we should say, supposedly, Jean-Claude Van Damme will reappear in The Expendables 3 as the twin brother to uh, Jean Villan, the villain of this they sh- film. They should have put that at the end of the credits, like with James <laughs> Bond. Yeah. No, 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 like with The Avengers. <laughs> Thor, will, <laughs> Thor will return in The Avengers. <laughs> oh, no, have like Villain a, will return in Expendables 3. I have like yes. a... Have like a um, Thanos, like, post-credit scene and said it's Van Damme turning back <laughs> to the camera again. But he's got, like, again. blonde hair or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway. Um, Nick Cage, I don't mind, because that could be some Nick Cage, like, super mega acting moments. Like, Nick Cage would cut loose in a third Expendables, annoy everybody but me, and I would think it would be hysterical. I would be okay with it, 
if everyone else on the team got to make fun of him. Yeah. Everybody. That, yeah. I can see that. But would there be really tasteless jokes about his bankruptcy? Of course there oh, would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. they throw in some weird, like, Nick Cage. Like, yeah. Yeah. They go there. The last one I want to throw out, and I'm actually kind of serious about this one. I was serious about the other ones. But is, um, <laughs> they haven't really touched on, like, the black exploitation movies. Of, okay. like, so, Pam Greer and Fred Williamson mm-hmm. as, like, Terry Crews' mom and dad. It'd and be like, cool. Like, because there could be a scene, because Terry Crews would be so great in the scene. <laughs> I thought about this. <laughs> but, like, fiction. he's, yeah. like, he's in trouble. He's, Terry Crews in trouble. Is Terry Crews going to make it? His mom and dad come from out of the corner. Save him. And he's like, oh, mom and dad. Like, you don't have to do that for me. I'm Terry Crews. I'm a grown man. And then, like, Fred Williamson. And I haven't plotted this all out yet. Like, I haven't wrote down the script. But I'm working on it. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, so yeah. So And then um, Fred Williamson and Pram Greer are like, son, we've always got your back. We always had your back. And then, like, that could be... I kind of want to make the movie about them. So, like, I like it, that. maybe Michael Jai White as a brother. I like that. I like that. All right, William, what about you? Um, who do I want? I would like to see... Uh, I want to see Vin. Vin Diesel would be good. I yeah. see, because when I think of the second coming, the closest thing to the Willis-Schwarzenegger-Stallone um, era of action, mm-hmm. the next generation was kind of Statham and, and Diesel. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of want to see Vin Diesel jump yeah. in there. And then um, I would kind of want to see Kurt Russell. Ooh. And then, yeah. Kurt Russell would be good. Kurt Russell's cool, and he's done a lot of action movies, he, and I'd like to see a... Tango and Cash reunion because I love Tango and Cash. <laughs> and do you know Tango and Cash? You familiar with that? I, I'm familiar with the film. It's Stallone and Russell. Yeah, that's all you need to know. No. Um, and uh, my my number one pick here, Carl Weathers. Oh, Want it? man. Want it? Well, because oh the, man. I mean, Carl Weathers is he's a ten, he was Apollo Creed. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great to see? <laughs> Apollo Creed, the man who killed him, and the man who took vengeance upon the man who killed him in the same film again? Yes. Yeah, yes. it would. And they could also, and there's one callback I would not be opposed to, is the um, Schwarzenegger, um, Carl Weathers. The hand, arm, yep. The, yep, yep, the, the handshake, from, handshake Predator. from Predator. Yeah. I think that's something we can all Carl Weathers is my behind. number one pick, though, for sure. <laughs> all right, so uh, what's what's next on the docket, Willie? What's, what's your... Um, well, I thought, you know, if we have a little extra time on the podcast, I would like to pose a random question. All right. It'll have anything to do with movies. So here's the question I'm posing for you guys. As kids, we go into movies with a lot lower expectations than we do as adults. Not to mention, this was, when we were kids, we probably didn't go on the internet every five seconds looking up things about movies. Very true. Um, that will change. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't. That already has changed. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um... My point being, was there ever a movie that you went into as a kid, um, and it was geared more towards your age range, and you still walked out of it completely disappointed, despite the fact that your expectations were childish? A movie that was meant to entertain you (laughs) and your immature mind that still didn't hit the mark. Wow. I mean, that's that's a good one. I think think I've... There's got to be one there. You want me to jump in? Yeah, you, you I've can... got one. Because this is a movie that a lot of people, like... My uncle loved it. It was his favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I despise this movie. It's The Goonies. The, the Goonies is two hours of kids screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> it is the worst thing imaginable to be. And ever since I was a child, 
Like, I hated it, and I felt like an outcast. Like, I, like, because all the kids love it. But guess what, kids? You're wrong. Like, that movie <laughs> is atrocious. I'm putting it out here right now. This is my next most controversial thing than the Randy Couture. Hey, it's my hatred of the Goonies. And I hope Randy Couture likes the Goonies, <laughs> because that will make him more of a, a villain in my book. Oh, my God. The Goonies. Do you saw the Goonies in the theater? No, I, on oh, VHS. You, you going? Oh, it doesn't here. matter. I just remember that was one of the first times, like I felt weird for disliking a movie. Something, yeah. That because my uncle, like I said, my uncle watched it all the time. Right, and you're a kid, so you're supposed to like yes. the Goonies, right? Yeah. Right. All right. What about you, Willie? Um, I remember <clears throat> me and my dad used to go to the theater a lot. He'd take me to the show, and we'd go see whatever stupid movie I wanted to see at the time, whatever mm-hmm. the flavor of the week was. Yeah. And one in particular that I do remember, and I don't think this is any shocker, but um, the Street Fighter movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> Van yeah. Damme, speaking of Van Damme, <laughs> I, I, now I know obviously by today's, by adult standards, yeah, it's a bad movie, but mm-hmm. as a kid, you would think that I'd be totally nuts about it. And I remember kids in school being like, oh my God, Street Fighter, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that movie <laughs> was so bad. And I remember walking out and like, Seriously, being upset as a child, like, yeah. what did I just witness? And I can't remember if that came out before or after Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat was, like, super awesome. It just, I, it was, like, the most disappointing thing in the world, and my dad's like, oh, how'd you like it? Because he slept, he slept through, like, the second hour of the yeah. movie. And I was like, oh, it was great. You know, because I, I felt <laughs> yeah, bad. I didn't yeah. want to, like, make him feel like Yeah, I, like, you, like he wasted his money. And... But <laughs> He totally did. That was rough. <laughs> and then, for that matter, uh... The Mario Brothers movie too. Yeah, that was yeah. that was one that was totally geared towards for the mo- well, kind of. It w- I think that's why it was so disappointing for me as a kid because it was like, for one, nothing like the games. Oh yeah. And I don't know that I expected it to be, but it was like nothing like the games. And secondly, it was weirdly like, like neo noir weird steampunk stuff going on, and I didn't get it as a kid, and I was kind of yeah. like, what's happening? And like, where's, so scary in that he's where, a velociraptor. Where's yeah. all the castles and right. flagpoles and underwater? And... Anything that looks like anything yeah. from, from the game. So that was another one, uh, both video game movies that I was like seriously bummed out about afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I think personally, as much as I would like to say, I was I was nine years old when The Phantom Menace came out. And, uh, I remember walking away from it, still having enjoyed the film, but as time went on, I think everybody's opinion in that movie pretty much waned, because it was the fan denial. You were like, mm-hmm. it was really good, you know? I mean, it's it's all the effects were awesome, and like, and that's the only thing it has going for it, right. <laughs> is that the effects, which doesn't even make sense in the context of the movie, but that's a whole other debate. Uh, but episode one was certainly... You know, one where you you walk out of it and you're just like, uh, that was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. When I was nine years old, like I was the person that they put Jar Jar Banks in that movie for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even at the time, I was like, why why is Jar Jar like? The, what are you doing? Clearly, in my Star clearly Wars? Jar Jar is gonna die by the end of the third one because he's not in the other ones. Right. Your, even your young mind did not appreciate yeah. the sensibilities yeah. of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think, I think, Star Wars has to be the one for me. And I, I was a little young at the time for for Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed the film probably just because I was a kid and I was like, oh, it's Mario. 
Right, right. And then later and that's on... What I, that's what you'd think I would feel like. Yeah. Didn't. But I think you certainly, like, once you get a little bit older, things start to come together a little bit more, and you start to realize, like, you were probably at a point where you could understand that <laughs> it was, it was not, not very good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I probably still hold a little bit of love for it, just because I have that weird John Leguizamo... <laughs> apologist in me. You have some strange... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange... Between Keanu Reeves and John Leguizamo, I... Uh, well, I mean, I mean... We've all got one or two of them, don't we? My John Leguizamo love makes absolutely no sense, but we'll not ever talk about that again on the podcast. It's the, is it the we'll, clown from Spawn? Really we'll review the past at nope. some point. The past... The past? He loves the Why past. did you say it, Willie? Oh, boy, Alex. <laughs> I do own it on both VHS and DVD. If, well. <laughs> if the hatred of the Goonies... They came out with a DVD? If the hatred of the Goonies did not lose us half our viewers, <laughs> the love of the pest... It's been a good, just, it's been a good it's run, been guys. It's been a great Tim, run. Tim is our only viewer, and he's not going to listen anymore because of his own hatred of the Goonies. <laughs> it's true. It's not going to happen. Yeah, sorry, guys. Alrighty. I, I make no apology. Well, I think that's about going to ramp it up this All time. Alright. Uh, so I think we'll go through, we have a website that's up right now, midwestfilmnerds.com. We've got a blog up there and we're going to start adding more to it. I think I'm going to put up some of the articles that I've written before on there and I know, I know Willie wants to do that too. So we'll have a little more to read up there and, uh, we hope to be in iTunes in the next few, in the next few weeks or so. I want to have a few episodes in the feed before I submit it to them. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, I am at John D one seven zero three on Twitter. J O N D Y one seven zero three. What about you, Willie? I'm at Hemowiliak. H E M O W I L L I E I A C or something like that. Hemowiliak. It's on the website. It's on the website. Um, That's a really hard. See, I, I've recorded other podcasts before. Before and and every time I get to my point, I'm like, oh, I can't. Just like, say I don't this. even want to. Yeah. It's hemophiliac, but with Willie. With in a Willie yes. in the middle. Because yes. I'm it's not a hemophiliac, and yeah. my name is Willie. I was going to say, it's Get not it? insensitive because Willie's a hemophiliac. No, yeah. It, it's not at all insensitive. Um, do, you, do you have a Twitter or anything that you'd like to plug? I'm at Goonies, Randy Couture for life, <laughs> at Twitter. I got, I've got nothing. For no. life with a Y. Okay. You can, you can find me on Facebook. I, I, yeah. I drunkenly post things. Yeah, it's, that's about it. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, you, you don't want to. Though. Your your strange bromance hatred with uh, with Danny is always. <laughs> if you want to send us your phone numbers, Tim will add you to his contacts <laughs> and and give you the same drunk texts that we get on occasion. Yes, the the Tim drunk text syndication uh, list. Yes, it's. I they, mean, they usually involve the Rock. They usually involve the Rock. They're just. I mean, they're nuggets of brilliance. They are. They really that I are. I think people they really would like are. to hear. I mostly send them to Willie just because yep. I like to bother him. <laughs> and and I, I love every one of them. I do. I and, because, them and because he doesn't have my number. I or don't Prince think. lyrics. Yes. He sends Prince lyrics a lot. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, follow me on Facebook, guys. Like, I need more friends. Tim Long on Facebook. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> um... And music and art for the episode came from my brother at Mr. John on Twitter. Um, thanks, question, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, questions, comments, and whatever can be sent to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Uh, we generally talk about that at the end of the episode here, so we'd like to have more to talk about. Let us know what you think about our reviews or about movies or pose us any kind of questions that you want. And uh, other than that, I think that's about it. That is about it. I uh, 
want to apologize to the creators of Kyle XY once more. <laughs> we did not get around to it this episode, yeah, but we're just... really going to we're going to work on it next time and we hope we can bring you the coverage that you deserve. Yeah, it didn't it didn't happen this time, but look for some Kyle XY next time. Absolutely. Will he get a belly button? Or he, won't he? He might. Who knows? All right. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Go guys. watch a movie. <laughs>